This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmonios.com. This is Going Ultra, and I am talking about Ultraman Blazar, Episode 1. Originally aired July 8, 2023, directed by Kiyotaka Taguchi of Ultraman Z and other things, and written by Keigo Koyanagi. I will come back to them at the end of the episode, because I want to discuss them a little bit at the end of the episode. This first episode is titled First Wave, and it features the... <laughs> uh, first transformation or first appearance of Ultraman Blazar in this world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as many of the Ultra series are, this appears to be totally unconnected to any Ultraman series, although it has, you know, it exists vaguely in a world of Ultraman 1966, let's say, where Ultraman had appeared at one point. However, uh, the mention of a previous Ultraman does not talk about him being on Earth, it speaks of him rather being in space and that astronauts have seen this giant uh, that they've codenamed Ultraman over the years and it's just kind of a rumor thing. Kind of like uh, the idea of astronauts today in the United States talking about how, oh yeah, we've seen aliens or UFOs before um, and, you know, just vague little tidbits of information. I think some people have uh, more profound or more... uh, (laughs) more curious things to say about UFOs, but I don't really follow that, because that's not my jam, so uh, I'm going to talk about this episode of Ultraman instead of UFOs, right? Anyway, so I'm going to be honest, I was a little underwhelmed, I love Ultraman Z, Uh, I had understood, I think incorrectly, that Ultraman, well maybe half correctly, that Ultraman Z was Taguchi's baby, but really Koto Fugihara, who died before the series, at tragically at 37 years of age, before Ultraman Z could be finished, but yet he had written the first few episodes, uh, the last couple episodes, and I think one or two in the middle. Uh, his He kind of set the vision, and I think Taguchi and the others all made it happen on Ultraman Z. So I was expecting... So I was coming from the wrong frame of mind because I didn't understand that. So now I don't know what to expect from Blazar, except for like kind of cool visuals and maybe a cool style or approach to it, still from Taguchi. Uh, however, uh, we may not get that, or I may not like that, because I feel like we're getting a little bit more of a hard science fiction edge to this entry of Ultraman, and it was weird to not have the... to not have things spelled out. It was weird to not have things be blatant. It was weird to have there'd be so much darkness. There was plenty of, of light shots, but there were a lot of shots in the dark. And uh, the fight wasn't at quite as dynamic or acrobatic or exciting and, uh, or energetic as I thought it would be. And I'm somebody who has uh, bemoaned the use of forms in Ultraman because they don't really make sense to me. And I thought, you know, we should really have an Ultraman who just has, you know, a single weapon that they use in different ways and that'll be really interesting and exciting and, you know, more realistic. And you know what? It'll be versatile and, and it'll sell toys, too, because you just have the one weapon transform and turn into all these different things. But I gotta say, uh, it was a little, I don't know, a little sedate, I would say. It was a very sedate opening to an Ultraman show. Uh, as far as we know, uh, Hiruma, you know, Gento Hiruma did not die. He was not spoken to by an Ultraman. Uh, he was sort of forcibly changed into Ultraman, which I'll make jokes about later uh, in shorts or something. Um, so, you know, that was kind of weird, and I uh, I was surprised by that, and we had no interaction of him and the Ultra at all. 
interesting, it appeared, so, uh, in learning about writing and in trying to become a, a novelist, I guess you could say, a, you know, pulp toku novelist, uh, mostly, uh, and superheroes. Anyway, uh, generic superheroes and then, you know, toku heroes. Anyway, uh, I have heard the advice of, you want to write, you don't want to say what people are thinking, and I guess that would mean no internal monologue, or, yeah, no internal monologues, uh, and you also just want to describe things as if you were, you want to write as if you were a camera recording people doing things. So, what they say, what they do, the actions they take, the way things physically actually appear to the eye, you say those things, or you write down those things. You do not write down uh, internal thoughts or feelings or say somebody feels this way. So, uh, and also, in if you look at early... Um, if you look at early footage, behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, George Lucas when he was working on the original Star Wars, he wanted it to feel like a documentary. He wanted to drop you in a world, he wanted to not explain things, and he wanted to let the scenes play out and kind of let the camera tell the story and almost have the camera feel a little voyeuristic where it's sitting there in this world and these things are happening. And uh, maybe that's why there's no real, like, crazy shots. It's just kind of more simple, basic, uh, sedate-level stuff. And uh, I kind of felt the same way with this. We got a lot of shots from the ground while Blazar and Bazanga were fighting, and uh, there was, like, a bridge in the way of the fight scene, and uh, there was kind of an... It was kind of awkward, but it was kind of cool, but it was, you know, memorable or uh, remarkable for what it does is when... Uh, Aruma first transforms into Blazar, he doesn't get the classic Ultraman pension or transformation scene where his fist goes up in the air and you see the Ultra growing towards the screen with a, you know, whatever flashy background. And there's, you know, there's the beta, there's not, there's not the beta capsule, there's the Blazar brace and the Blazer stone, and he activates those against his will they just appear it just appears on the on his wrist and his hand and then they're forced to be put together by the you know red lightning of, of Blazar uh, and then he you know doesn't get the standard transformation um, he's gigantic and it's kind of it's at, again at an odd angle you just see his hands reach up and grab this building that's being pushed over and he pushes them back in place and then he kind of he looks at his hands at one point and kind of looks back and forth so you can tell there's something going on with this giant, something unexpected, and maybe that is the a representation of the merger of the Ultra and the Man. And then, uh, yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's kind of a sedate fight. It gets exciting towards the end, like the last. Well, once that color timer hits red or starts flashing red, then the fight gets really you know more energetic. He's desperate, and I don't know if that's because he's you know Haruma is being told that things are more desperate and he needs to be more careful or finish this fight quickly by the Ultra or if it's like an instinctual thing or, or what. Um, but, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, he... <laughs> he gets... Uh, I, I gave this episode subtitle and it's on the thumbnail, uh, Space Savage. Uh, because this guy feels like a feral animal <laughs> a little bit. He feels like a space savage. He's got all these weird 
grunts that they're not even they're not like the classic Ultraman grunts which I think sound bizarre as somebody who's not like a longtime Ultraman fan I just think they sound really weird and I kind of don't like them <laughs> if I'm telling the absolute truth I never mentioned that during uh, Z but it, it's true I've, I've made my, my confession here and uh, I mean it does go to making them sound more alien and it is a interesting distinctive thing but I just I don't like it personally it's just it doesn't uh, it does not suit me so anyway that's that's interesting that he he has that uh, that reaction and I guess let me double down and get to the focus on the savagery. He does this weird thing where he's hit like right before he rips off Bazong's arms, he jumps like three or four times in the air, uh, almost like like a I don't know like a real weird nervous excited energy. Um, I don't know like I wrestled in high school and you just like I don't know I I would get this feeling of like anxiety or something and just like. I wanted to run or not run away, but just like I wanted to like move my body. Like there was something inside of me that just wanted to move and do something. And uh, I would pace. I would, uh, you know, do the Shinji, you know, clench your hand thing. Um, Shinji Akari from Evangelion, of course. <laughs> Come on. What if the Shinji would I want to be like in high school? Anyway, so he did that and then he rips off Bazanga's arms and then, uh, like, that's kind of where things get really exciting. And, like, he even, he does this weird, like, uh, I don't know if you'd call it, like, an axe kick with his heel, where he, like, almost flips over and, like, comes down with his heel on Bazanga. And he doesn't actually, I don't think he actually knocks him. He might knock him down, I'm not sure. But anyway, then, you know, he wraps up the fight, getting things real exciting. He calls a, a black hole forth from the palm of his right hand, you know, kind of a real cool pose. And that's where the spiral, the official dub version of it, too, spiral parade, comes from, and he uses that. To, I don't think he shoots. He does the thing where he's like shooting energy at uh, Bazanga before then, but then which looks really cool. I love the effect of it. It's super neat. Um, to reference Evangelion again, because apparently I'm just going to keep doing that uh, when I talk about Ultraman. It almost looks like he's like thrusting his hand at the AT field, and it's reacting by like shooting out this you know distortion of energy <clears throat> at his foe. Um, anyway. But yeah, the spiral braid coming out of his hand with that black or from that black hole thing is pretty cool, uh, and I like the effect of it. Um, it was a little weird. The shot he was like super far from Bazanga, whereas where as I thought he had been a lot closer to him before then, and it acted more like a a ranged weapon than a uh, melee weapon, which is what I was expecting. So that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, I mean I, that's kind of it. Um, that's the most remarkable stuff. I guess, too, we had the instance where the that woman in the white hood with the shorts, for some reason, at night, uh, was, uh, she hit it with a, she hit Bazanga with a bazooka, like a special, thing. I think she's going to be a Scarred member, um, and I think she's there, well, anyway, she's one of the Scarred members. Um, I think she's, like, the spy infiltrator one who's going to, like, work with people, I guess, on the ground and gather intel. I think that's her deal, um... Anyway, it's weird that... Well, I'll talk about Scarred in the next episode. I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was a little underwhelmed, uh, but the thing that impressed me most is, like, this doesn't feel like Ultraman Z. It doesn't feel like... Uh, it feels less like the original Ultraman, even, uh, which I think is interesting. It has more of this hard science fiction edge, which is fine, and I think I like it, but I just... I know. I, I feel like I'm reacting in a weird way to it. Um, you know, I overall did enjoy the fight, uh, it was a very, it was very human focused, and I don't know, I almost, I, I hope that the tone kind of stays the same, and I'm not saying I want it to be dark and serious, but where, like, 
Blazar is treated as this alien thing. <laughs> the transformation of Himura or Hiruma, in, sorry, I'm reading Kenshin right now, uh, of Hiruma into Blazar is this alien thing. We don't know why he was chosen. We don't know how he was chosen uh, by Blazar. I'm assuming he was chosen by Blazar. It doesn't seem like we've got the traditional setup. I don't even know if we're going to get the uh, you know any indication that this is the original setup of an ultra pairing with a human because they're both in desperate need of somehow uh, they they must pair with each other or else they will die or whatever um, in order to save the world. It almost seems like it's it's optional, but it all it also seems like it's not optional for Aruma to to transform based on how he was forced to transform in this episode. So uh, yeah, space savage. I mean that that Ultraman Blazar he feels like some sort of like not vicious creature, but like this, I don't know, like this unhinged savage kind of guy. And I thought that was interesting. And like the way it was done, it's very like, like things are very unpolished. Uh, I'm not saying the show isn't slick, but I'm just saying like the presentation of the Ultraman stuff, it doesn't have uh, the polish and the shine and the, hey, let's, you know, chant my name, Ultraman Z! Like it doesn't have that pop and that uh, like you know, bubbly, friendly edge to it. It's, there's the brace, there's the stone, sticks in there, transform, you know, no, it's a non, um, there's no magic, there's no wonder, there's no, like, uh, there's no catchiness to the transformation. It's just a, you know, big, ugly, silent, dumb, translate, uh, you know, um, transformation. And then it turns into, you know, fighting. And I don't know, it's just, it's weird how alien it feels. And, I think that's odd. I think it's odd. I think it's an interesting choice. I like, you know, it's bold. It's a bold choice for sure. Um, we'll see. I, I'm curious to see what other people's reactions are to this as well. And uh, I think that's it. I'm going to run through. Uh, I grabbed a bunch of images uh, from this. Oh, I was also going to talk about these guys. Okay, so uh, this is going to uh, this episode. This is, this is going to be an extra special episode of Blazar. My Blazar coverage where it's going to run extra long. I'm going to look at Taguchi's um, information real quick. So. Okay, it says he's known as the main director of Ultraman X, Ultraman Orb, and Ultraman Z. I believe, well, I believe Juggler comes from one of those two shows, X or Orb. I think it's Orb, but I don't know for sure. So, that's kind of fun that he did that with this character. Um, and let me see, Ultraman series, direct, okay. So, he's got, he worked on, as well, Ginga. I'm just going to name off a bunch. Um, Jeed. Uh, Red and Blue, or R&B, Taiga, uh, let's see, Trigger, huh, Ultraman, A New Power of Singapore, I don't know if that is, Decker, and now Blazar, uh, worked on music videos apparently before, uh, let's see, others, he's worked on Hibiki, Kabuto, Deno, as a visual effects artist, oh, that's cool, Kiva, um, Long-Haired Monster, Guevara, (laughs) I don't know what that is, uh, the Next Generation Pat Labor, I'm assuming that's the live-action Pat Labor movie, Love and Peace from 2015, Female Weapon 701, Machine Sentai Kira Major from 2019, man, huh, that's crazy, and then uh, Denazanon, he did the monster design, I did not know that, it's cool, and he's a special effects director on Comrade Black Sun, which I still have yet to finish, so, super interesting, super interesting. Alright, so that's enough about our main director for the show. Uh, and our writer of this episode, Keigo Koyanagi. Let's see, what has this gentleman worked on before? This guy's age 39. I still have time to become a successful director. He's been an active writer since 2006, 
which is cool. Uh, let's see. Let's see. It says he's a Japanese screenwriter who participated in uh, the screenwriting of the Ultraman series, generically. In 2006, Koyanagi joined an animation production company and worked on production management and setting creation. Oh, and setting creation. In 2011, he left the company and became a freelance screenwriter. Since then, he has worked on the scripts for many animation works. In 2016, Koyanagi took on the first story composition and script for an original robot anime that was broadcasted. After that, what, what, what was it? Oh, tell me. After that, he served as the story composer along as the script writer for popular anime works with themes such as vampire legends, werewolf legends, and heroes and fantasy worlds. In recent years, he has been in charge of military research in various works, contributing to enhancing the entertainment value of works through military depictions. Boy, howdy, did this Ultraman Blazar have heavy military stuff in it. Koenagi participated in the Ultraman series for the first time as a military advisor in Ultraman Z. Ah, I remember this now. And worked as a scriptwriter for Ultraman Trigger New Generation Taiga. In 2023, Koenagi serves as series composition for Ultraman Blazar. Let's see. Ultraman series. Uh, Kota Fukuhara wrote the following episodes of the following series. I don't know why that says that here. Somebody must have messed up on the wiki. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know why this is not citing the animation that this guy's worked on, unless it was, like, uh, highly inappropriate. But, anyway, I'm not going to skew into that at the moment. So, yeah, this guy definitely makes sense as a military advisor. Um, I don't remember seeing Koinagi as a writer credit on Ultraman Z, but this last time I watched it, I didn't really pay that close attention. But, uh, yeah, I could see, I mean, this was a very, like I said, it was very human-focused. It was very focused on the military. I guess I, I should speak to the character of uh, Gento Hiruma. Uh, it's interesting that he, like, he's got the quirk with the meditation. Uh, I kind of didn't like that he was, like, seeing visions in his meditation. It felt a little bit like Kamen Rider Drive and, like, where everything else is so hard science fiction here to have that aspect of it. I know, it was kind of weird for me. Although, I guess it's kind of like the, um, oh, what is it? The Black Speech, the Black Thought, whatever. Full Metal Panic. They've got, like... Black Alchemy, is that what they called it? Anyway, they've got this weird thing where this girl from this, its I guess it's a light novel series turned into an anime, Full Metal Panic. Uh, this girl has the ability to, like, do weird stuff with technology, and there are other rare people like her, and there's people in fighting robots who are paramilitary and uh, terrorists and things like that who deal with all that stuff. Interesting show. A uh, little, well, little fan service for my taste, but interesting show nonetheless. Light novels are probably better. Anyway, so, like... It's weird that you've got this real science fiction world, and then you've got... And I don't think uh, Ultraman Blazar being in the show like ruins the science fiction aspect of it. I think it it's just another part of it. It's another dimension. It's uh, an unexplored or un... Uh, unexplored or un... It's just kind of an unexpected thing for there to be. But why couldn't there be these aliens who can merge with humans through some means, technological or... Uh, because they're just, that's the way their species works. Why can't there be that in a science fiction story? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, what then doesn't, or that, you know, that makes sense to me that that could work. What then doesn't make sense to me is that, you know, people would have these weird visions or whatever. So, like, the idea of him meditating is cool. And then I guess they kind of broke what I said earlier about the show was more showing things in, like, this documentary-like style, because we do get into Haruma's head, I guess, to see the vision of what he's going to do. And... I guess that's interesting. I do like though that he wants every he wants to make sure everybody comes home. You know, being this captain or this leader of this uh, division squadron, whatever. Like he wants to make sure he takes care of all his men and uh, that he well brings them home. Like I said, and I like too when he's rescuing that guy <laughs> right before he uh, 
right before he gets transformed into Blazar, that um, he tells the guy something like, I told you everybody goes home. And the guy says, yeah, I know you would have told me to leave you here, though. And he kind of laughs and it's like, no, I wouldn't have, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And that was kind of cool. So I like the character of the guy. Um, we didn't get to see much of it because it was just very much him in a you know stressful uh, situation where he's commanding and such. So I don't feel like we got too much of an insight into his character, but what we did get, I did like and appreciate. So that's good. I think I'm going to like this guy for the series. And the little flashes we've seen of him and other things uh, in other preview materials I have liked. So that's that's good for me. And let me see. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about specifically before I close out the episode? I do not think so. Yes, so I am going to go ahead and close out the episode. Um, overall, I, I, I don't know, I'd give it like a 7, 6.5, 7 out of 10. Like it was entertaining and I liked it, but it just, it felt so weird and so alien and so foreign, uh, despite the fact that I was listening to it in English, it's, you know, the dub. Um, it was weird. Uh, I, I like uh, I like hearing Johnny Unguash. Uh This voice that he's doing is interesting, though. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like Narukami, which is what I was expecting for some reason. I don't quite know why. And it's like harder than Vasa Stampede. And uh, yeah, I don't got any. I don't know anything else. Uh, I like the fact that they're bringing back that um, the title card. I wonder if it's always going to be at the end of the episode. I'd be okay with that. That's all right with me. Because um, if like for the immersion, they're keeping things more. I don't know sedate and pushing stuff off like that till the end maybe that's what they're gonna do maybe not i don't know but yeah overall uh, i did like it i'm interested to see what's next and this didn't start the way i expected it to and that's okay sometimes our expectations uh can be defied and it's a good thing so uh i guess we'll stick with it and see i'd like to know what you thought about um this premiere this debut of ultraman blazar and uh, just what you're feeling about the show so far, what you're feeling with the cast, and, well, anyway, just all your thoughts in general. Let me know uh, what occurred to you, <laughs> what objections you had, or what you loved, because I think I shared a decent amount of stuff uh, that was negative as well as positive. So if you've got, well, you know, you got anything to say, say it, and we'll talk about it. It's fine. All right, with that, I hope that you're well. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.